Whether on the go or at the table, get lost in a conversation about everything coffee with your host, Eric Ortiz. Hi, and welcome to Everything Coffee, a podcast that delves into different people weekly from all walks of life, talking about everything coffee, of course. On this episode of Everything Coffee, we are joined by Eric Naranjo from Nomad Roasters. With a background in clothing manufacturing and design, and now to coffee roasting, we find out what made Eric want to make a 180 and start Nomad Roasters in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. A fascinating story that bridges the love of coffee with sustainable employment for farmers across the globe and bringing a touch of community to each bag of small batch roasted coffee made with love from Brooklyn, of course. Support Nomad Roasters by visiting nomadroasters.com and by visiting and following on Instagram at Nomad Roasters. My pleasure. Change Juice, Eric Naranjo. Eric, how you doing, sir? Hey there. How's it going, Eric? It's it's good. You know, um, <laughs> I was I was about to start the show, and then uh, so, uh, my wife was just like, "Oh, it's uh, Eric interviewing Eric," and I'm like, "Yep, yep, yep. That's, that's about right." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Tale of two stories here. Two stories here." So how, how's how's gorgeous Brooklyn, New York, for you? Uh, well, I'm basically I I uh, I live in New Jersey, actually. Do you really? uh, right across the water over the Hudson? Um, and I roast and import everything right into Brooklyn, and uh, that's where I do all my uh, roasting. I spend I, a lot of time there. <laughs> I know I know a lot of people that that do live in New York. And the fascinating question I always like to ask everyone: Is the water that good in New York? It really is. <laughs> I I I. It is so crazy. You know, I've definitely traveled quite a bit, and man, the New York water really is. Tasty. It's good. Straight <laughs> out of the faucet. I never thought I would say that, but it 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 really is one, you know, amazing water coming out of the pipe. I am it's happy great. to hear that. Yeah. I, New I, uh, Jersey is not. I can't say the same. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, not so bad for El Paso, too. It's it's not horrible. But if you don't mind a little <laughs> bit of high blood pressure when you drink your water with salt, um, it doesn't oh, it doesn't gosh. hurt so bad. Yeah. You, you got to make sure everything you have um, is going to be, you know, descaled properly because water here just kills everything. So wow. everything has to be softened up a lot um, over here. So whenever they send me the strips, it's like it's just such a bright red when I put the water, the strip into the water to check the uh, the, the salt level. And it's just like, oh, it's on yeah. the charts. It's, it's just horrible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric, you uh, you are a manufacturer in clothing and design. At least that was your past life. Do you still do that? Yeah, um, I, I do. I still do it. I, you know. That's something that I, I still have in me. It's, uh, I don't, you know, as a designer, um, I, I love, you know, clothing. And I've always had, it was always in my blood just because of my family. Sure. I was brought into a family of manufacturing, doing men's and women's clothing and denim. So uh, for me to let that go, there's a certain, it's like, it's my heritage, you know, Um being brought up in New York city and, um, working with my aunts and uncles in their ma- manufacturing, um, factories out in Midtown fashion Avenue, um, oh, making, wow. delivering clothes to retail, um, retailers and, uh, showrooms. And it, it's, 
it was a pretty amazing experience. So the fact that after college, graduating from Parsons and working in New York City, walking those same streets that I grew up, um, it it's pretty amazing. And I don't think I could ever let that go. There's a certain connection. And therefore, to this day, I still do, you know, some contract work, you know, some company would like me to create a line or do some freelance work of any capacity because I've done it all. So, you know, anything from doing sketches or some sort of a package deal and following up on manufacturing overseas, I can do it. It's a Um, fascinating transition from having gone to clothing to coffee. And part of that is because part of your bio that you sent to me, and of course I read it and we talk and so forth. You're a traveler. You've, you've part of being a designer, I I would guess is traveling, understanding trends and uh, trying to kind of figure out what to stay in front of the, the, the market, right? Exactly. Um, And really it's one part of it is being um, inspired by going to all these places on, you know, being, putting on the designer cap, you know, going to all these different places in Europe and, you know, sometimes even in Japan, Asia, um, you go out there and you see what the market is like, you know, and get inspired. And how does that trend translate uh, into the U S market? And then, you know, you put on another cap, which is your manufacturing merchant cap, you know, your business cap on, and that's when you start heading to Far East Asia, China, you know, Bangladesh and um, Northern Africa and Central America where clothing is actually manufactured. And that's when all the costing comes into play and it gets really down to the penny. You know, you just got to start eliminating or adding. Yeah, to make up, to get a good margin, you know. Gotcha. Um, and yeah. where, where does coffee kind of blend into this? I would I would assume going <laughs> out into the world, you're experiencing some of the most yeah. different varietals in, in the world, right? You, you're getting flavors from every part of the country, every part yeah. of the globe. And and I'm guessing was, you, you, this is part of business for you too, right? Coffee is yeah. just part of the, the business deal and understanding and, and the coffee, you know, I, I guess having conversations by coffee and, and with coffee. Yeah. I mean... I've, I've loved coffee. I think I, I was drinking coffee maybe, I started maybe at the age of 12. <laughs> it's always early grandma. for all of us. It's, all, it's always grandma yeah. too, abuelita. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing because that's the first thing that woke me up in the mornings, you know. It's my mom, my grandma making that um, espresso coffee out of that, you know, sack. Sure. Oh, and yeah. You could just smell it throughout the house, and you know I would have a nice little shot with warm, warm, warm milk, and dipping my toast with butter in there, and just eating it all up. It was great. And I guess you know ever since then, I just kept on drinking it. I loved it um, throughout college. The same thing, and I guess you know when I got my first job, and we were traveling quite a bit. They were sending us to all these places. I, that's what I missed. I missed having a cup of coffee. Wow. 
And um, I would literally, wherever I was, I would go and search for a cup of coffee, but not just a coffee, but I was looking for where, what are the locals drinking? You know, what, sure. what, not what so, is they drink? Not, not the big box chain stores out there, but something yeah. that's actually going to be where neighborhood people go and, and get together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, it, it's pretty interesting because what I consider a good coffee to me might not be the same for them. Sure. It's what their local uh, market is, you know, accustomed to. So, you know, Although I didn't like it so much, I, you know, I would still try it. I would drink it. I'd be, whether I'd be okay or not with it, it's, it's fine. Cause you know, I was in there, I was in the moment understanding, trying to understand what do they like about this so much, but culturally, you know, it's good for them and I respect it. Um, and that's what I would be doing no matter where I traveled. I, it's good to try different, just like foods and wine. You want to broaden that sure. palette of yours. You got to grow and be open. Yeah, and you know, being a designer, you kind of have to be open-minded to you know be influenced and take on whatever is inspiring you. I'm curious, Eric. Have you ever had an instance where coffee inspires design for you, or design inspires coffee? Have you ever had that occur for you? Um, you know what it's for me, coffee is like, I put myself in a setting, like in a relax for me, coffee is relaxing. And if I'm I'm in that element of relaxation in my yard and it's a beautiful spring day and I'm sipping new coffee, I don't know. It's that, that for me is great, but I don't think it's necessarily going to inspire me to design or anything. I just want to enjoy the moment with that cup and understand what the flavors and notes are coming out from it. Sure. And, and you've gone from being the designer, traveling the world, working with business men and women from all walks of life. And all of a sudden now here you are with nomad roasters and yeah, you own a roaster. You, you, you create small batch roasted coffee with yep. a deep mindset of sustainability with farming and, and where you get your coffee from. Yep. That, I, that, that is just like mind blowing how you go from <laughs> all of that to, <laughs> to that. But, but I'm guessing the background and business is helpful for you to kind of having taken that leap for your. Exactly. Yeah. It's no different. Um, it's just, it's just interesting to see because firsthand, you know, you go into all these countries where uh, cost of living is, you know, very low. And of course the wages are very low and you're seeing families there that are working really, really hard. And um, it's just, um, you're kind of like, you're wondering too, it's like, Oh, you know, I'm drinking this coffee. It must be, it can't be any different. It just can't be. Um, I'm in the same hemispheres, you know, same uh, regions as to where they're making coffee. Um, I wonder what it's like. So anyhow, fast forward. um, Once I was almost done with fashion, I basically 
um, the company that I was working for had moved out to San Francisco. I stayed in New York. I thought it was a perfect, perfect time for me to start this leather collection. Um, it was based off my relationships with leather tanneries and uh, manufacturers that were based in New York. And everything was about New York and sustainability and no overproduction. I didn't want to overproduce anything. It was just one-offs. And I wanted to help the New York manufacturing community, um, which a lot of manufacturers, small manufacturers, were really happy to hear that, you know? Sure. Um, so, I mean, and you, you got to think, you know, the people that are working at these manufacturing companies, they come from their countries and they were professionals um, in their own places. You know, there were sample cutters, there were um, graders, they were technicians. They were really good at what they do. And all of a sudden they come to New York and they're working at a grocery store or, you know, they're doing something that they don't love. Sure. It's a loss of trade and, and, and education yeah. too, a passing of knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. So now they're working at a manufacturing company, which is now closer to what they're used to and they're liking, but maybe they're not being paid correctly, but I'm trying to alleviate that by, you know, bringing my jackets in there and, you know, helping out in such a way that by doing one off jacket, it's more expensive than me putting an order of let's say 300 jackets because they're not set up that way. It's the production line is not set up that way. Sure. I'm going to be put into a little sample room where it's just made for one-offs and this one person, three people are going to make my jacket. So anyhow, long story short, um, they, this manufacturing company takes on the jacket. I start ordering all the leathers, all the zippers, any hardware that's needed for the jacket to come to New York and these leather jack these leathers are coming from the same Gucci where Gucci orders where Yves Saint Laurent orders their leathers. And that was because I knew the technicians at these leather places in Italy. Yeah. Um, they always gave me, you know, a pretty good batch from what they made because it's leftover. And these leftovers are not bad at all. <laughs> yeah, I can I imagine. Mean, <laughs> it's good quality stuff. <laughs> so, exactly. So, anyhow, I would get him sent over. I would make the jacket. And I would bring these bespoke pieces to the client. And that was basically it. It's, it all took about three months, three and a half months time from, from initial concept. Uh, first proto fitting, um, fittings, and then final. And that was basically it. It was all custom made, custom fit to that person's, you know, body. And then all of a sudden I get a call. Um, someone found me on Instagram and essentially said, Hey, you know what? We, I, we love your jackets. Have you ever thought about, you know, coffee? That that um, is, by the way, the weirdest message you'll ever get. Like like, hey, love your jackets. <laughs> Have you ever thought about coffee? <laughs> I, I gosh, I, I I it's it's like someone would tell me is like, hey, uh, you want to be a fashion? I no, I I don't have the skill, but thank you. <laughs> but you took it on. You took it on, Eric. You 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 weren't scared I of the did. idea, and you actually did something that 
you've you just had did you have any experience doing that or at least thought about no, it? I just had a passion for coffee and I had a passion for specialty coffee and I just loved it. So I was like it was almost like a blessing in disguise, you know. It, this person comes along and says, Hey, you know, this would be awesome. Uh, I'm interested in a jacket. Uh, what do I need to do? And then I met up with them and I just, they just showed me everything soup to nuts. Like, this is how you do it. This is how we buy. This is how you can buy. This is what we roast on. This is how we do it. Um, this is what you can, they just showed me everything and it was amazing. And to this day, I'm still grateful and I'm still learning. Um, cause there's still so much to learn. But uh, for me, what stuck was that I want to continue to do the sustainability part because it's, you know, it's not just about the beans themselves, but it's also the families who are, you know, working on the farms. It's like, you know, the sustainability of a job and to keep the family healthy. And I don't mind paying premium. I think it's important because at least I know that, there's consistency and that I'm always going to get something that is just going to be great value for what I'm paying for. Absolutely. How, how long has Nomad Roasters been up and active for you, Eric? Uh, about four years now. So it's been, been a while. Selling on- yeah, it's been a while. Um, it's not easy. I mean, I don't, if you talk to anybody in the coffee industry, I don't think it's that easy. I think you'll hear many sides of it. But um, it's just more about passion. I think down the road, it'll come, you know. For me, this is like one um, expensive hobby, (laughs) so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) It's one one heck of a hobby uh, for you to kind of get into roasting and and especially taking on the kinds of of beans that you take on because this is not exactly just your normal varietals. These are coming from specific crops, that you've you've vetted yeah and and I mean, and really focus on sustainability because that's that's your mission with the company itself correct and that's why i love partnering uh with these with these families sure and farmers um sustainable harvest is one of them and i love what they stand for so like my beans from rwanda for example um the farm mayogi it's so Again, women-owned, and it's fascinating because sustainable harvest basically goes in there, and um, you, you are familiar with sustainable harvest, sure, correct? absolutely. Yeah, so I just love what they're all about, you but, know. But just just in case, Eric, because the audience that kind of comes in to listen to these shows, I want them to be kind of educated in the idea of what sustainability and these these different uh, organizations represent, but give people an idea of, of all of these groups that you follow and, and believe in. So this way they get an idea of how you work with these companies and bringing in those kinds of beans. Um, are you talking about like sustainable harvest? Yeah, sustainable harvest. And then, and of course they have like specific groups, but sustainable harvesting is just making sure that number one environmental impact is, is, is kind of reduced at a specific level. And then of course, sustainability for those growing the crops it's not just uh you know what some of these big manufacturers will pay for coffee uh it's it's not just pennies yeah Uh, there's an actual wage involved for some of these crop growers and these are not large crops i'm guessing though eric right no no i mean you're not going to catch a starbucks over there 
or McDonald's guys. I mean, the elevations for one thing is too high for them. So <laughs> <laughs> they need something accessible. Well, they, they wish they had their, their, they wish they had that coffee. I'm just saying yeah. <laughs> they wish they had it, but, but they're not going to get it. It's, it's just not sustainable to them for the bottom line. No. What, yeah. what, what makes you kind of, um, kind of go into a company that, that offers these things? I mean, besides just vetting them, what is your process to getting someone's merchandise into your roaster? Um, you know, I have quite of like salespeople, you know, will always, uh, call me up as well. They'll always say, Hey, you know, we have these new, um, we represent a couple of farmers out here. You know, I've grown up here, you know, they tell me their story and, sure. you know, it'd be great if you could, you know, we could do business and cut out the middleman and all this and that. And I'm just like, um, you know, I'm not too, I don't know them so well. And sure. yes, yeah. maybe we can, but, you know, my relationship right now, because I know Sustainable Harvest, I like to go through them because I know they've done a lot of the legwork already ahead of whatever I decide on. Um, but what I look for is literally just, you know, the transparency and openness of, you know, these farms. Like, how do they go about um, starting with their families at work and even one day export, like what is all of that in between what what's going on there. And I think that's what sustainable harvest does for me at the same time. They do all of that. They, they expose all of that. Um, I love the fact that they give classes to the women on these uh, farms because basically they're, they're, treated fairly, you know, everyone's equal. And I love that women empowerment. So, and I think that that helps me a lot. It's interesting because that helps me. I didn't expect anything, but when I have my signs up with a little brief indication of where these, you know, who these farmers are on my cart, you know, or online, people really gravitate to that, you know, you know, like, who is this farm and what they're about. And, you know, I, I have, just, uh, I have appreciated quite a few of those farms that are cooperatives, women led cooperatives out yeah. in, in different parts of the world. It, it, you know, specifically you have some in Africa, some in, in South America that, that exist. And it's really interesting, just like Eric had said about trying to, to provide a level playing field quality equity across the board for, for females, males, uh, among so, but more for, so for females, because I mean, let's just kind of <laughs> cut through the chase. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's reality yeah. guys yeah. are just going to earn more. That's not right. Females should be earning the same. It, it's just what's proper. But yeah. I, I do like you taking on, uh, those specific farms that do promote female, uh, kind of cooperatives, small land, but it's enough for them to kind of realize their hard work that they're putting in kind of in, is, is well invested for their future yeah. because then all of a sudden it's not just kind of relying on, you know, neighborhoods, communities, and maybe even government, but now they have some way to kind of support themselves and, and a meaningful way to support themselves. Yeah, and it's also giving them visibility to us, you know, Absolutely. like they're looking in, 
you know, through a magnifying glass and saying, oh, I, you know, I made that. I planted those, you know, seeds. And now look at where it is. It's in, you know, it's in Eric's cart. <laughs> do, do you feel a connection to that, Eric? Because you I are do. a designer. I, I, I do. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of crappy, sh- you know, stuff in Asia and how people are treated and what they're expected to do. Sure. Uh, because garment industries, you know, they want the best price, the lowest price for the best product. And I could kind of like sort of see that happening in the coffee world. And I don't want to be a part of that. You know, I, I might be just one small little fish. I'm not big C, but any little bit can make a difference. So I, I'll, I'll sleep better at night, put it that way. Absolutely. Eric, you're, you're an expert, you're subject matter expert when it comes down to trend design, you've been around the world, you understand it better than most people. Sustainability has always been a topic that social media people take on large companies take on. They add it to their bags. They add it, you know, to, to product websites. But mm-hmm. does what does it mean overall? Because it, I feel that trend takes that word sustainability and really kind of makes it more than it actually is, which is just like, yeah. oh, we help one farm. We do this. And, and I get it from, from your side of it. You're a small business. You're not going to be supporting hundreds of thousands of farms out there. Yeah. Um, you're doing what you can in your own in your own hands, but why is 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 this a trend more than anything else? Sustainability, or is this something that you can actually make a difference with with just a few farms here and there? And and how can someone be part of this and grow substantially to become more than just a trend, but something that it can actually be sustainable in its own right? I think you're right, though, and your your thinking is absolutely right. I I know the larger corporations, for the most part, it's all a marketing thing. Um, you know, they, the word, you know, sustainability, I think it's used too loosely. And what are they doing in reality about sustainability? And now I'm talking about maybe three years ago. Um, so I know that, you know, these companies are rooted heavily it, they have a foundation that did not involve sustainability at all. And to change that ground level to become sustainable is going to take many years to change that whole supply chain. Um, now, if you look at smaller companies, man, they could, you know, pivot real quick. Sure. And they have. And they're totally transparent, totally honest about doing it because not only are they looking at it from a good marketing standpoint, but some of them are really into it and they really like what is accessible to them because they don't have that, you know, they're not a gap or they're not, you know, a big chain department store or anything like that. They can do whatever they want and change their marketing campaigns literally overnight. So if they want to do good, they can, and they can do it quick, which is why I love these smaller companies. When they ask me to come on board, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And this is what I think you should do. Cause I've done contractual work with so many different brands that I've picked up so many different things 
along the way that I can contribute um, some of the things of how they can possibly do it better or an idea. I'm not sure how to, you know, execute it, but I think this is a good starting point sure. for what you want. Um, and then, sorry, I lost track there. No, 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 <laughs> you're, you're good. So for coffee, I think that, you know, I don't know. I, I've only been in this game for what, four years now. Um, but I think it's definitely a, a bit more honest than the garment industry. I'm not putting the garments industry down by any no, no, means, but it's just, you know, I know the reality of it and they're trying to change. It just takes a long, long time. When, you know, what got built over many generations isn't going to be unbuilt in just a, a couple of yeah. years or a, or a decade from now. It's it's going to take just exactly. equally and in just an equal amount of uh, passion and, and kind of involvement as, as well, because it's not yeah. going to just be one company doing one thing. It has to be, uh, I guess a concerted effort from everyone to do something unique or at least something together as unison to kind of make a direct impact to environmental degradation, to uh, equality and, and, and equity across the globe, whether, you know, it be minorities or other individuals of, of, of different color. I, I think you're on, on target with that understanding that small companies can make a big difference right away as compared they to can. the larger ones. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised when smaller companies like partner up. That's why you see a lot of collaborations happening sure. as well, you know, because they're like-minded and they can do that. And then all of a sudden you see the Uniqlo's and the Gaps and all these other big brands trying to collaborate with the smaller brands because they already have something that's meaningful Sure, and they want to, you know, use them as a, you know, a means to create a new brand, not a new brand, but, you know, rebrand themselves, you know, yeah. because they can't do it by themselves. They're going to need some help. Definitely. Eric, tell me a little so, bit about your coffee itself. I, I know that right now I'm like, I'm, I'm at your website and I'm seeing the, the couple of coffee and this might change by the time the episode is actually out. But where do you sell the coffee besides online? Is there a brick and mortar or is it anywhere else in, 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 in the New York area or New Jersey area? No, it's literally it's online for the most part. And you know what? This is the first time um, I basically just started. I was like, you know what? With my friend, he's a welder. He's a builder. And he was just like, why don't you design your own cart? So I did. And um, he made a, he made it. I mean, I've, you've been to the um, my Instagram, right? Sure. And that cart, he, I designed it. He built it with me, and it came out great. So that's the only exposure outside of the website where I sell the beans. It's whole beans. Um, and I just needed to do that because I like speaking to people. I want to know if what I am tasting is being reflected into you know, what I roast. And when I brought it out there, people are, you know, I've been getting, you know, customers that are returning customers all the time. At least 50% of them are returning customers. Um, and it's just been going really, really well. I, I was, I was surprised. I wasn't expecting that. 
Um, I just found myself using one because I wanted to, I knew that bespoke, um, my bespoke, which is Brazilian and Colombian, was actually going to be pretty good. I've tasted it from drip, cold brew, in nitro form, and espresso form. And I really, really wanted to roast that to be a bean that you could actually use for everything. And it's and it and it's so on target that it really tastes amazing. It's very chocolatey, it's very caramelly and sweet. And that's exactly what the people are saying. Like, I love this nitro. I never really had nitro like this. It's so sweet. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what it's supposed to be. <laughs> you, you, already, you already had me sold, Eric. You already got me sold, okay? It, 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 they, they sound amazing. I'm so happy that you're yeah. working with um, such good purpose, good understanding behind the coffee itself. I uh, always am curious with talking to my guests because it makes me happy. What makes you most happy about coffee and, and what you're doing? You know, I'm proud of being Latin. I'm, I was born and raised in New York City. My family's from Ecuador. Um, and, you know, it's amazing. I'm, I'm representing coffee that comes from our land, you know, in South America. And that Absolutely. makes me happy. I'm behind there. You know, it was so funny. One time, uh, this gentleman orders a cold brew, and he looks at me and he's like, you don't work. You work for someone here, right? Who's the owner? And I'm, li- I'm going to leave this um, for you, though. I, I, and he hands over like $3. He's like, you, I hope you, you keep this. This is for you. I'm like, I, and I just gave him this grin, like, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's with me. <laughs> oh, man. I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> Hap- happens but, uh, to all of us. Happens to all of yeah, us. Yeah, but. <laughs> it was cool. I mean, now everybody knows me. They all know, you know, my background and they're everyone's so, so, so happy that I'm at this location because there's nobody doing what I'm doing there. And it's great. You I know, I am so happy to hear that. And the message you bring, it's such a good one. It's, it's one that, that I wish more people would have. And, and I just am thrilled to have talked to you, Eric. Really am. Where can, where can people find Nomad Roasters, Eric? Uh, they can go to my website, uh, nomadroasters.com, and my Instagram handle, which is at nomadroasters. Well, look at that, man. From one Latino to another, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for representing the good cause here with sustainability and everything you're doing, Eric. It really does mean a lot to us. Thank you. Absolutely. And don't forget to subscribe to Everything Coffee on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at everything.coffee.podcast. Check out our website, everythingcoffee.podbean.com. And thank you for listening, doing your part in supporting local businesses in your city and around the world.